Hi, this is Braden Holpe. Hey, this is Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer. Hi, this is Brian Burke from Toronto, Ontario. This is Daryl Sutter. Hello, everyone. I'm Carly Agro from Sportsnet Central. This is Jay Onright. This is Quick Dick Quick Dick coming to you from Tufnell, Saskatchewan. Hey, everybody. My name is Steel Fleury. This is Kelly Rudy. This is Corey Cross. This is Wade Redden. This is Jordan Tutu. My name is Jim Patterson. Hey, it's Ron McLean, Hockey Net in Canada and Rogers Hometown Hockey, and welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. We got a great one on tap for you today. But before we get there, let's get to today's sponsors. HSI Group just found out they were nominated for Small Business of the Year. So congratulations, guys. They are the local oil field burners and combustion experts that can help make your uh, make sure you have a compliant system working for you. The team also offers security, surveillance, and automation products for residential, commercial, livestock, and agricultural applications. They use technology to give you peace of mind so you can focus on the things that truly matter. Stop in at 390 Street or give Brody or Kim a call at 306-825-6310. Welcome aboard Clinton team over at Trophy Gallery. Now, whether you're looking for championship belts, custom medals, die-cast signage, name tags, engraving on Yetis and Brewmates, business awards, crystal, glass, you name it, they got it in there. Oh, and did I mention they got some sports memorabilia? Signed Oilers, Ethan Bear, Leon Dreisaitl, the Battle of Alberta where Cassian's thumping on Kachuk. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Uh, the championship belts, I got to put a side note here. Uh, I was in visiting Clint there the other day, and uh, the championship belts, whew, let me tell you, they are something else. Might have to find a way to uh, get an SMP one done up because they are sharp. Um, here's a cool thing I didn't know about Trophy Galley. They ship Canadian-wide. So you go to trophygallery.ca. They got over 5,000 products. They fast shipping. And how, how cool is this? If you use promo code, that's right, Newman, you get 15% off. Hey, I got a promo code, folks. Clay Smiley and Profit River. Profit River is a retailer of firearms, optics, accessories, serving all of Canada. They specialize in importing firearms from the United States, hard-to-find calibers, rare firearms, special editions. Check them out at ProfitRiver.com. Foremost, they offer smooth ball grain bins, hopper bottoms, and fuel tanks. They're in stock and manufactured locally. They want to ensure you know that they are constructed of the highest quality and engineered for a long life. Delivery is free within 300 kilometers of Lloydminster. You can buy them at any other co-op location, Lloydminster, Lashburn, or Neilberg. For more information, you can check them out on their website, foremost.ca. Lauren at over at Art and Soul, the lady who uh, just, you know, I'm going to speak about hockey jerseys here for two seconds, makes your jerseys put into a frame look superb. And, uh, you know, we got a guy on today, Mr. Mister Dubé, who coaches a, a local team here in town, and she does a ton of uh, framing of the Bobcats jerseys. They look unbelievable. Now, it doesn't matter if it's a jersey or a photo or an artwork. artwork. You name it, she's framed it. She's open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Stop in and visit Lauren. She's fantastic. She will get you hooked up or give her a call, 780-808-6313. Her address is 5016 39th Street. It's more than just a frame. It's a story. Gartner Management is your Lloydminster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. Whether you're looking for a small office or a 6,000-square-foot commercial space, give Mr. Wade Gartner a call today, 780-808-5025. SMP Billboard, shout-out to Deanna Wandler and Read and Write team for making me look fantastic. And if you're in any of these businesses, you make sure you let them know you heard about them on the podcast. Uh, 
And if you're interested in advertising on the show, visit SeanNewmanPodcast.com. Top right corner, hit the little contact button, send me your information uh, and just what you're looking for. We've got lots of different options, and I want to find something that can work for the both of us. Now, let's get on to that T-Bar 1 tale of the tape. Originally from Lampman, Saskatchewan, he was the assistant coach for the Minot Minotaurs for four seasons, 2013 through 2017. He then took a position as the assistant coach of the Camaros Kodiaks for two seasons, 2017 through 2019. He was hired by the Lloydminster Bobcats partway through the 2018-19 season and is currently entering his third season with the Bobcats as the head coach and GM. I'm talking about Nigel Dubé. So buckle up, because here we go. This is Nigel Dubé, head coach and GM of the Lloydminster Bobcats. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast tonight. I'm joined by the head coach and GM of the Lloydminster Bobcats, Mr. Nigel Dubé. Welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, well, you realize it, that we were just talking about this. You were episode 31. We did it out of the Power Center, and that was last August 28th, 2019. Yeah. So it's been a bit of a... It's, it's been a while, and it's, uh, you know, it seems like multiple years ago, if anything, um, and, and now we're here. So it's, it's only been just over a year, but it seems like a lot more. You know, I, I went back through that episode today, and uh, I was listening to it, and I had to chuckle. So did you pull out your Saved by the Bell uh, DVDs during COVID? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I got into a little bit of Netflix, though, and uh, watched a lot of the documentaries on, on different sports and different teams, actually, and uh, I'm working through the F1 right now, but uh, got back into video games a little bit. Uh, <laughs> what uh, was your go-to? Just, well, I, I'm, a, I'm a old school to dirt track racing, which we talked yeah, about yeah. a year ago. Yeah, and, uh, Tony Stewart came out with one, so... Uh, it was a way for me to connect with my brother and and uh, <laughs> what um, what system? Well, it's PS4. Really, PS4. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You realize yeah. they're bringing out PS5? Well, it's crazy. It's crazy. I went in there and stared the price tag, but I figured out I'll use it for COVID. And then uh, now that the season rolled around, I'll put it back. Oh, you went and zone. bought a PS4. Bought a PS4, so went all out. Um, it was one of those where evenings and stuff, and needed to do something to keep the mind busy and. Uh, you know, worked on setting up a race car online, which is a lot different. And then I got into a little bit of farm simulating, <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, that, that lasted farm, farm simulating. simulating, but that lasted all that lasted about maybe a week, what seemed like a month lasted a week. And then uh, we were on to different things other than playing. So I got a, I got a PS4 for the boys at the, at the players lounge now and they can play on it. <laughs> Far, so. Farm simulating. <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah, well, it's uh, I, I was pretty cheap, so I went with the five dollar version. <laughs> that was in twenty seventeen or something. I don't know what it was. So yeah, don't feel bad. I I think uh, I got the the little boy Shay. He's four now, and uh, he's learned that we can play hockey. And I've got him. I I don't have the latest EA Sports game. I don't know what it is. Twenty fifteen maybe. I don't know something like that. Uh, McDavid's on the game. That's all you need to know. And uh, we play that every once in a while. But, I mean, other than that, I don't play a whole lot of PS4. But, I mean, like I say, they're bringing up PS5, and that's coming out, I think, this year. Some techie's yelling at the, the mic or, or the, the stereo right now going, you don't even know when the PS5's <laughs> coming out. But, I mean, yeah. uh, COVID was a, has been an interesting ride. I can just imagine for 
Um, hockey. I mean, this has been unprecedented. But, I mean, you're going into year, what are we calling this, year two and a half? Yeah, well, you know, for, for me, uh, last year was a full year, and, and uh, you're going in, and, and we, we didn't make the playoffs last year, and, and we knew we were we were being done, and, and some of those teams in our league that, uh, you know, had built for those four or five years, and um, for, for everything to be shut down like that, um, you know, was a little bit, uh, well, it's got to be hard on them, there's no doubt about that. Um, and then you move into COVID. I was actually down at the Minnesota State Tournament um, right when it kind of all um, broke loose. Broke loose. So I was I was set to go from from Minneapolis to Toronto to get out into Ontario recruiting wise, uh, and then work back to Manitoba, then get back home. Um, and before lockdown all happened, I ended up flying back to Regina. My old man drove me to my vehicle in Saskatoon. I drove back to Lloyd before any of the quarantine stuff was in play and, and boom, it was like, got back and it's like anything with time flies. And it was like, just like that, everything was shut down and it's like, all right, is this going to last, you know, a day, a week? What is this? Nobody knew. And here we are, what's seven months later, um, trying to get things back going again. And how's that been going? You know, it, it's been a process for us. Um, usually again, you talk about all teams whether hockey teams baseball teams when you're recruiting you get out and you go see players um and you're part of that and you know from where we were uh if we would have been this way like a year ago uh or more when we first took over and started rebuilding everything that would have been a different world but we had a really good core guys coming back so we were just looking to build on to those pieces which made it a lot different but um you know we talk we joke about the the playstations and stuff and the technology is advanced um, so much recruiting was done watching film. Uh, we would watch film and then we'd get our scouting staff on Zoom calls and uh, we'd go over everything, um, you know, some late nights of what we're looking to do. And then you're trying to get a player out from this area or that area. And then all of a sudden now, you know, we still have one player that we're looking at its timelines. Like, hey, if this place starts first, you know, the player wants to go there. If this place starts, they want to go there. And like I've never experienced that. I don't think anybody has. And it's just one of those, um, that, uh, you know, we're here now we're, we're practicing and, and, uh, pursuing to, to get going, uh, sooner than later as a league too, as well. That's probably, you know, I was, I haven't marked here, you know, all the negative that's come out of, uh, COVID is rearranging how we're going to do things for probably the next 50 years. I suppose in in a hockey world sense, you're probably going to watch a ton more film moving forward, and there's going to be no. I mean, right now, there's no foreseeable future of that changing. Well, and you, you look at it. We're on the hockey TV hub um, from from our league, and now we got the 18s and the 16s in, in Alberta looking to go to, you know, similar in, in the same style where everything's online and you can watch their games and. Um, you used to get all these emails, the spam emails and stuff, filling up your thing. And now it's all technology stuff of, Hey, you send us this, we can send you, you know, this film from, uh, these leagues, this is what we offer and just everything's there. And, um, it's definitely, uh, progressed in, in many ways of that. Um, you know, we went back on old game tape. Um, we went back on, um, you know, now that we're, we're doing these Zoom calls with our scouting staff, it's going to be a, a regular thing for us. It's not going to just be a COVID thing. Well, now 
you know, it might be a Wednesday night where everybody jumps on a, a Zoom call and and uh, we got the whiteboards and all that stuff in, at my home office now and, and uh, you know, even just different ways of pulling up lists on computers and stuff. So uh, we've changed all that. We went down, you know, went back and all of our lists recreated. Andrew and, and Brady, uh, our staff there, did a great job of breaking that all down. And, um, you know, now it's just a matter, too, of maintaining that moving forward. And wouldn't you love to have had some shares and Zoom stuff? Oh, man. Some of the stuff, that and hand sanitizer. It's it's uh, just, you know, those things. That, uh, and we, we joke about it a little bit because I think you have to joke about it or else you cry about it. Is is today at the office and, and Mallory, who works at our front office, and you just grab a, a you know, squeeze of, of hand sanitizer when you walk by it every time and, and you don't think anything of it. And she commented today, she's like, we're just putting this stuff on every time we walk by it. You know, we didn't even, hadn't even touched anything, hadn't really moved, just another squirt boom on it. So, but uh, yeah, somebody's probably doing some, somewhere doing really good with uh, shares and, and whatnot uh, with what they were on. Well, I wonder how many warehouses just fired up creating batches of hand sanitizer. Yeah, well, it's, you look at Fourth Meridian here, right? They turned a, a brewery into a hand sanitizer when it was needed, which, you know, again, small, small town. I always say small town Lloyd Minster. I, I think it's a smaller city and, and a real small town feel and they're pumping it out because nobody else can make it and, and uh, you know, supporting the local places for sure. You know, before we go back to the Bobcats, I got to ask, uh, did you watch the, uh, did you watch the NHL playoffs? I watched, um, you know, I watched some. I didn't, uh, I had a tough time getting into it without the fans. I, I really did. Um, you know, we, we cut film from last night's game, um, or sorry, two nights ago game for, for uh, Monday night's Stanley Cup final for, for video for our guys. And I said to our guys, like, from a coaching standpoint, you always watch to see what's going on, and we break it down. And we got a couple clips out of that game that we were working on and just to show that, hey, this is this is uh, at that level too, right? But um, you go back, and they show all the, the videos of, of, like, previous years and the energy in the rink and, um, you know, all that stuff. And to me, that's what gets me jacked up is, like, when you have that following. And credit to them because everybody watched or watched some of them, you know, and it gave us something to do and, and sports was back. But just it, it almost made you miss, you know, that, that atmosphere of, you know, the place, the, the roof being blown off the place and the cheering going on. Could it have been the Nashville Predators not uh, going too far? Yeah, well, that one hurt too. <laughs> that one, that one definitely, that one definitely hurt. Yeah, um, you know, obviously a roller coaster year there for for them, um, and then they didn't really have anything at all come down the stretch. Well, so. I, I I say I was I was gung ho for hockey to come. I, heck, we were gung ho for anything to come back at one point, right? Like you had literally nothing. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as the Oilers lost out, you know, I can tease you about Nashville, but the Oilers didn't do any better. Uh, it's almost like the sun's staying up all night, right? It just, it, you know, it's nighttime and, and it should be dark, right? Like that's the, that's the body feels. It's the end of September and we've got the Stanley Cup being handed out, or August, right? Like all, August, September. And just, you know, this part of the country, I can't speak for all parts of the country, but like we only get such a, short window of uh beautiful weather where you can be outside and go do things and go to the the lake and you know enjoy outside and then you get playoff hockey and it's like your body is like torn like do i go watch a hockey game or do i go you know my, one of the best days i had was i pulled the tv out put it on the deck used the ps4 and live streamed it 
And that's when they were playing, what, like five games in a day? Like, it, that was pretty cool. But the rest of the time, being locked in the house and trying to watch hockey, ah, I struggled with it. Yeah, well, I, I had the summer project or the COVID project, as you call you know, call what whatever you got done during the time. I, I redid my backyard. So I don't landscape my backyard. We'll give a shout-out to Kiva Concrete on, <laughs> on uh, the concrete pad that he poured for me. But um, I did the same thing. I set it up, and, and the neighbors probably thought it was crazy, but... You know, Mr. Weeb was supposed to be here tonight, yeah. but uh, he, he dipped and dodged, so harass him when you see him, folks. Yeah, Weebers, he's an awesome dude. So, But, uh, no, you know, I got into it there, and same thing, sit on the deck and watch it, and you're kind of like, this is... You, you talk about all the surreal moments that we had through COVID, and, like, is this really happening? And, and that was one of them, too, just sitting there, and, you know, we got some warm days there, and, and uh, uh, it was enjoyable, I I uh, hate to pick on the Tampa Bay Lightning or the NHL for that matter, but I've been having this argument all day long. It started at work. It continued after work. And it just seems everywhere I go, I see it on Twitter now. They've been, they've been talking like, uh, and they, I mean social media, that this was the most difficult cup to win because of the social, social isolation. And to save you what I think about it, I think that it is not the most difficult cup. Although I will put the only thing I can't argue about is me having family. Is if I was away from my kids for that long and my wife, that'd be extremely difficult. But I don't think compared to hockey in maybe the 90s where it was rough, tumble, beat the crap out of each other and travel all over the place. When you compare the two hockey sets, I don't know if that would, I feel like the older would be the more difficult. Yeah, I, I would think that the atmosphere definitely was probably harder on them. And, um, you know, just following on the social media of some of the families and stuff, and they're having their nighttime uh, reading books to their kids and doing what they had to do. Uh, but when you talk hockey, um, you know, even last night, I can't remember who took the slap shot right at the end of the game, the one timer went off the player, and he kind of stood there to make sure he was okay. And, and uh, you go back to the 90s and all that, and they definitely uh, probably weren't making sure he was okay. If anything, he was given another one when he was down, right? So um, that side of it, uh, I, I do think that they played a lot of hockey in a short time. Um, you know, I guess somebody could break that down for how many games exactly compared to another year. But I think it was more about that you, you get sucked into one place for a long time from a coaching staff to all the staff and – your support staff and, and everybody's probably having your Monday blues a little bit uh, roll around week three or, or seven or eight. I guess. I, But they're staying at the the Rolls-Royce of hotels and they got the Rolls-Royce of anything they can possibly want. The only knock I can give them, or the only knock, the only, the only thing I will agree 100% is the social isolation away from families. If you're a young guy, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Oh, it's probably enjoyable. Probably enjoyable, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, sure, you want to go tear up the town? Sure. Do you want fans? Sure. Do you want all these things? Sure. But at the end of the day, you're staying in a fancy hotel that has unlimited resources within, I mean, you know, means, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I just, I look at that and I go, I don't know what anyone's complaining about. Now, if you got four kids and they're 10 and under or 17 and under, that'd be tough. And I get that. But short time span. I think the NHL, and I mean, you guys are in all hockey leagues this year are going to be under the gun moving forward on how you get back playing, but not only playing, how you can make it feasible. Because playing's one thing, but you gotta you gotta find a way to make money to in order to sustain yourself yeah. going forward, and that's probably from the NHL all the way down 
to the AJ Heck senior hockey, everything. That's going to be the challenging part moving forward if they don't allow fans and, you know, uh, food and beverage and everything like that. That's going to be extremely difficult. I'm sure you guys are dealing with that already. Well, and it's one of those too. I think with, with junior hockey or any hockey, senior hockey, all that, it, it, it does come down to the financial side of it. Um, you know, to to continue to move forward, you, you can't dig yourself into the hole so deep that it just can't get out of it. And um, it's one of those with, with not being able to predict the future and an economy, obviously, too, that's that's taken a, a big hit. And, and um, you know, you feel for the sponsors that, that give you everything they have every year to keep junior hockey going and then to see some of them close their doors for a month or two months or whatever it may be and to slowly get back at it. it, it pulls at a guy's heart just to see that um especially in a city like Lloyd Minster and I say this like from my bottom of my heart where you really get a connection and I can say that since I've been here just over you know going on two and a half years or whatever it is now is everybody knows everybody everybody you know wants to see success in each other I think um and then you have those small town businesses that are still around that keep junior hockey around really if, if we didn't have our corporate sponsorship junior hockey wouldn't and now you see what keeps you around you know the doors closing and, and that's tough to see um in those march and aprils when we don't even really have a season to think about then compared to september yeah it's it's like talk about groundhog day it just seems like every day you, you stroll down the street and somebody else has a for sale sign or closing or and it's tough you hope i i don't know man can't see. I wish you had a crystal ball. I just wish you could see what was coming. And I know that's not the way it works, but you hope the end is near or things start to make a turn and things start to, you know, people are making the best of it, right? Like people are finding the positives in what's going on. They're trying to, but it just seems the longer it drags on, you know, but things are slowly starting to open up. Let's, I got to ask, you know, we're talking about corporate sponsorships and that kind of thing. Uh, what was, you know, for people who don't know, you guys aren't playing out of the Civic right now. You're playing out of the Kid Scotty uh, Minor Hockey Arena. I mean, that's a – you've played games. Last year you played a game in Onion Lake. Like, you've played in different spots, but never for a long period of time and certainly not called it your home rink right now. Um, that has to be a culture shock for the Bobcats. But in general, what came – what made – like, what were the the deciding factors that made you move that way? Well, there was a lot, uh, a lot that went into to that decision, and and um, you know, it wasn't one that we just sat there one day and said we're going to do this. But um, you know, the border city has been unique um, in a lot of ways, and and I think that goes back to you know when this first started to the April when things were busy around here with with the cases and stuff. And um, right now, with with the city of Lloydminster being underneath the Saskatchewan. Um, government and following those guidelines, um, it, it plays factor into numbers more than anything. Um, you know, and, and for us and some of the the guidelines and, and uh, restrictions that they have in place when, when we started, we started later than the majority of our teams in our league. We started on September 15th. Uh, main camps were able to open August 31st in the AJ. And with that, there was a lot of things happening in, in Lloyd. Lloyd, you know, school started a little bit later. Um, we had the Husky turnaround going here with a lot of people coming in. Um, and there's just a lot of things happening. And, and it was one of those 
you know, where you don't really know when things are, are going to get going, um, that I, I just said, you know what, we're going to start on the 15th. Let's let school get going. We have a lot of billet families with kids. Um, let's ease that pressure on them of, of making everything happen on one day. Um, so get that going. And, and then, uh, you know, with the turnaround going, it got busy in town again with people coming in. Um, and then just the, the number system. So um, in Saskatchewan right now, it's 30 on the ice at a time. In Alberta, it's 50. So um, we needed to make the moves, I think, that would, would uh, you know, align best with our league, uh, with the Alberta Junior Hockey League. And getting to gameplay, well, if you put two teams on the ice, you're at 40. Um, and, and one of the big things is in, in Saskatchewan, that's 30. Um, so you can't get two teams on there. And then uh, just some of the, the uh, timeline stuff with the before and after, when you come in, when you, when you can leave. Um, and the numbers, whether it be, um, you know, there's been some things obviously changed since yeah. we were, we've been out there, but, uh, you know, the dress room, the first, first week we were here, we were in four dress rooms and you're, you're trying to run a junior hockey team, um, you know, with four different dress rooms going on. Um, and we just brought our numbers in. we got right to our numbers again. Um, so those things were going on. Um, and, and the part that, uh, you know, in Alberta, you're allowed a hundred spectators. And, uh, you know, we've had these two scrimmages now out there and, and we've sold out both of them. And, you know, we can joke about the riders and how many sellouts they had in a row. The Bobcats are at two sellouts in 2020-21. So, um, you know, there are just a lot of things to go there. Um, we've, we've been in constant contact with the city of Lloydminster. They're working tirelessly with the, the Saskatchewan government to, to move things because we're not the only ones affected, um, you know. Uh, when games start up in, in the future, it's, it's us, it's the 18s, 16s, the junior Bs and stuff like that, and, and the Steeler girls too. So there's a lot of things going on. I, I give credit to our city, though. Um, I think our relationship with junior hockey, uh, the program and the city, um, and, and just having those conversations and, and you know, uh, being able to do that um, and move forward strengthens that. Um, and also for us, you, you look at our hockey school that we had in August, there's a lot of kids from the Kit Scotty area. So for us, it was a little bit of, you know what, we're going to a community that really supports Lloyd Minster really supports our program too, as well. So, um, if anything, we're going to look at the positives of a little bit of win-win. Um, you know, today there were some kids in the window watching our practice and, and, uh, just loving it, loving it. And the same kids that, that we had at hockey school, newer guys by name. So it was just a cool connection there. Well, when else is a small town like that going to get the opportunity of having a junior A club there for at least a little while, right? Like who knows what the future holds? Yeah. You know, I should point out, I don't I don't think anyone would uh, think that you guys did it very abruptly, like all of a sudden, you know what? Today we're moving out to Kid Scotty. I think... If anything, you know, just listening to you talk, I, I was thinking, you know, coming in here, I'm like, man, it must have been a difficult decision because everything up for the Bobcats is built around the Civic Center, the Power Center where you guys train everything. Everything's like kind of this nice, you know, Power Center ain't a part of it, but it's close, it's nice and tight. Everybody's living in Lloyd. Like, it just makes sense. I mean, the building, If once you get to have numbers, social distancing and everything else, I mean... The building's big. It's it should be able to hold more people than a, a small rink. So I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone uh, thinks it, it happened brashly or, or too quickly. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize it's happened. And I 
which surprised me because I, I, for me, and I fought, you know, you mentioned before we started falling along about, you know, the different things that have happened in this studio. Um, with the Bobcats, I follow along and see what's going on. And when I heard Kit Scott, I'm like, ah, you know, anything can, you can look at the good or the bad. And the good is exactly what you're saying for the Kid Scotty community. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, a little, uh, cherry on top for kids, Scotty, right? Like to have you guys sitting there, have junior A hockey sitting there for whatever time frame it is, that just doesn't happen to, to small communities very often. And last year in Helmond, we got to have the hockey day in Saskatchewan. We saw the, the SJHL come and play. And for a lot of kids out there, you know, sure they can come to the civic center, but to walk down the street and in their local rink where they play, there's these junior guys. That's really cool. And we've, we've talked about that on the last one, idolizing the older guys, being a young guy and idolizing it. You might have just created 15 hockey players, 30 hockey players, just by having it in their community and having access to it. Well, and one of the things, we, we go back to August with our hockey school. The easiest thing for us would have been to do is cancel our hockey school. And, and uh, I just said, we're going to work as hard as we can to have our hockey school because it's an opportunity for a kid, no matter if you're going to be the next Connor McDavid or if you're only going to play hockey for a year, um, you can come there. It's a lot of individual skill work um, and, and just enjoy hockey, whether you want to try it for the first time or, or you've you know only played 10 games a year on, on whatever different level uh, there is. Um, I, I truthfully believe in, in you have to create opportunity for kids and that's a big part of it and we went through the ups and downs of, of the hockey school for three weeks where we had that's the first time ever we're, we're chasing a jock strap across the parking lot at the service because it's a windy day outside we had dressing room <laughs> set upside and I said here's 2020 right here right like we're chasing after it and things are blowing away and and everything's going on there and it was a success and kids loved it. And we had a lot of kids asking to sign up for the next week and we only allowed one week. Um, you can only sign up for one week and we sold out our numbers that we were allowed to have. Um, you know, and, and when we go back to Kit Scotty, Kit Scotty, when, when we first chatted, they weren't gonna put the ice in until like the middle of October. Um, and then we, we talked about this and talked about the opportunity and next thing you know, you know, the ice is going in the next day and, and uh, things are, are getting going and then uh, I was talking to their scheduler out there and I said well what's it looking like next week in the evening she goes we're booked up and I said what, what what's that and she goes yeah we're booked up all the way like now we have everything from day one until you know the end of the year all the ices are our sessions are booked up and and their bookings are full so kids are getting out there and, and being active and I think that's huge for the mental health side of it, whether you're eight years old or 13 years old or, or 20 years old. Um, you know, our, our guys, you can tell our guys every day at the junior level are appreciating hockey a lot more than they did a year ago. Um, and I know that we're early, but but there's a really good vibe and, and uh, you don't complain about the little things. We had nobody make any comments toward, you know, it's, it's an 11 minute drive or anything like that. Um, it was straight, we'll do whatever we have to do. Um, the other part that goes with it is for our league, um, you know, to move forward in Alberta is, is us being there, they could say that everybody could play. And when we were here, not everybody could because we couldn't get two teams on the ice. And that was just the reality of and what's, you know, what the guidelines are. And we want to follow all those guidelines and, and be a part of getting everything back going. Um, you know, but it was just one of those pieces that uh, seemed like one piece of, of a very, very big puzzle. 
Well, you're playing in the Alberta Junior Hockey League with a rink on the SAS side. I mean, it's a very unusual problem for any team to have, for any league to have, right? Like, I play in the Saskelta Senior League. Believe me, there's some issues going on right now because you got half Alberta, half Saskatchewan. You can imagine the rigmarole that is going on behind the scenes. And that's why this problem isn't just at the junior A level or the NHL level, it, it's all through everything right now. And it's a very uh, fluid problem in the sense that every week that goes by, things are constantly evolving and changing. And it's, you know, do you guys have a time frame on Kid Scotty? And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but right now it's just for now, it's Kid Scotty until things change? Well, yeah, and, and, and for us, it's uh, adapting every day. Uh, I think that that's the big thing where you just learn to adapt and um, you know, we don't have a timeline that we're going to be there. We go back to the crystal ball comment. If we could shake a crystal ball, I think it would ease a lot of people, myself included, because I like my schedule. I like my routine that if we knew dates, if you could give us a date of this date, we're going to do this, whether it's, you know, get on an airplane again or, or whatever, be take hockey away from it. I think that then people have a, you know, you, you feel at ease because you can plan for something. Right. It's, it's weird the the uh, uh, COVID has really messed that up for everyone. It's nice to have a schedule and just to like, okay, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, okay, and then even if we're gonna go through a rough patch, over there on January first, this is what's gonna happen. And guys, we just gotta get through this and this and this. But there's so much unknown. That stupid unknown is just messing up with everybody's schedule and and you know the structure of society. It's a really weird problem to have. And one that, well, in the last 100 years, they haven't really seen. I don't think anyone's seen it, right? Yeah. Well, and that's for us, too, is, is we made our schedule for the first month, September 15th, October 15th. This is what it looks like. This is what we think we're going to look like. <laughs> um, and then from a coaching standpoint, you know, Brady and I sit there and, and we go through, okay, this is, you know, you have a seasonal plan as a coach. This is where we want to get to by the end of the year. This is how it's going to work. Well, it's 2020. So this is what we're going to do for the first month. We're going to break it down. You know, we got into these scrimmages right now. Our scrimmage on Saturday, um, I said to our guys after, I was proud of them. Like, you wouldn't have been able to tell, um, even from a coach, I got really into it, that it was the same team broke into two teams playing a scrimmage. How many guys you got right now? We're at 24. 24. 24 so you went 12 on 12. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a lot of reps. We played fifteen minute, three fifteen minute uh, stop time periods. Um, you know, when you're two lines plus. Um, Boys enjoyed that, I bet. Yeah, that's a lot of ice time. Yeah, well, nobody could come complain about ice time, right? But we had the scrums after the whistles, and and we had that where you know guys are getting into it, and there's a little John back and forth at the benches, and and uh, the emotion was through it. Both games went to overtime. Um, you know, and, and it's been fun. We, the first game we did a theme. Uh, so we had the Hawaiian, uh, the Hawaiian team that, uh, they, they dressed up in their Hawaiian stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, to add that piece into it, you're working on team building all the time. And then Saturday morning when it was, it was, uh, man, I was jacked up. I was, uh, we, I lost in overtime to Brady. So, uh, it was, it felt like a loss. It felt like a loss. And it's like, you know what, that's the first time in seven months that we've had that game feel. And for our guys, we're going to do it again Friday night. Um, and our guys are looking forward to it, which is pretty cool. You know, not to, uh, I don't mean this kid, Scotty. I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of you. Uh, but what did a hundred, what did a hundred fans in there feel like? Well, it was, uh, 
you know, for us, it, it was just people there. You could see people because you yeah. watch a lot of this on TV. Um, well, even, we were just talking about the NHL. It, it looks like a video game. There's nobody there. Yeah. Or, I mean, nobody in the bottom bowl. Well, and BC is playing their preseason now, so we, you know, checking in on those games and stuff, and the same thing. You got Penticton's ranked and holds like five thousand people, and and there's nobody in it. Uh, but Kit Scotty, Kit Scotty, you know what? The number one question is for Kit Scotty is, have you had a Kit Scotty burger? <laughs> and, and the burgers aren't on the grill, but that's like, have you had the burger yet? And I'm like, I don't think they're grilling burgers yet. But it's like. <laughs> You got to try the burger. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure the burgers aren't being cooked, but everybody wants a Kit Scotty burger. So um, that, that's kind of funny when we get out there. But, you know, we've we've taken every every measure to the full here. We're mask mandatory. Um, you know, and the other part when it comes so to... So mask mandatory meaning that anyone who buys a ticket has to wear a mask coming in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you walk through the doors, it's it's mask mandatory right away, um, hand sanitizer gets put in your hand, um, we sanitize everybody, social distance with markers on the floor, um, and then in the stands, it's just a separation, um, and, and that's one thing, you can tell that people will do whatever it takes right now to enjoy sports, um, because there's never not a question, you know, I have to wear a mask, there, nobody questions that. Um, you know, I, Kit's guy is a little bit of a colder rink. Um, it's a little bit of a cooler rink than we're used to. So, uh, you know, talking to some people in the lobby and, and, um, and you know, uh, they're going to go out there. It was just warm-up start, like the full warm-up, which usually you see everybody trickle in, um, you know, at the end of warm-up. And people are out sitting there watching the game uh, from the start of warm-up. And it was just like it was their first game back, and they were just excited. Um, and that was – that's cool to see. I think that energy um, adds to it. There's a little bit of cheering with 100 people and Kit Scotty. The, the noise bounces off the roof a little bit, so it, it sounds like there's a few more there. But um, those moments, and I think for our guys to play in front of some people, uh, was nice. Was nice. Yeah, it was a nice treat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, when you talk about uh, people, I, I think seeing live sports again would be lovely. You know, it, I've watched enough. Well, Blue Jays played tonight. Did you watch Blue Jays? I, I haven't watched the Blue Jays. I followed some of the stuff on Twitter on their ups game, and downs. Game, game one of uh, the wild card series, I think is what they're calling it. Wild, something like that. They lost uh, 3-1. Oh. But it was good. Ba uh, you know what? It feels like going back to the sunlight at night. Like right now, it feels like baseball, baseball playoff. Yeah. And, uh, heck, I, I had it going for the kids. It was good. Uh, Blue Jays lost 3-1, which sucked. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they'll... Uh, Maybe they'll get a crack at her. Best of three to kick it off. That's that's uh, it's exciting for for the, for that. I I mean, what what is you know if you can get through this development season. So actually, first with the development season that's going on right now, that allows you to participate as a team and do these uh, games and have a few fans in the stands, that kind of thing. Uh, so your plan is to run. Obviously, you said uh, this coming Friday another game out at Kit Scotty. Yeah, so the, the development season opportunity for us, like lots of our guys got into, uh, you know, having trainers and, and having all these ice sessions in the summer that typically as soon as tryouts start in that midpoint of August, that ice goes back to minor hockey or that ice goes right. back to elite group. So um, our players, if we didn't start development season, would be left right now with either trying to pick up ice. Um, you know, you look at all these – uh, different places where some people are skating 11 o'clock at night just to get on the ice kind of thing. So it gives us an opportunity to bring our guys in, 
start off with a full development season um, as far as practices, workouts, all that. We're fortunate in what we did um, in the past here to, to have that where we have our own gym. Um, so our cohort stays together the whole time. We haven't changed our cohort at all, um, and, and we stay there. So we still get to do all those things. Um, and then the other part, too, is that when the league tells us that we can go and play games against each other, we're ready to go. It's not like, okay, well, now we need to start. We're just we're, – we're ready to go. And I think that's a big part of it. So, um, you know, we, we've changed some of it on our end. We, uh, we added a little more time to our practices every day. Um, and then we're doing a lot. You talk about technology again. Um, everything for us is recorded. So it's practice are recorded. Skill sessions are recorded. Um, we sat our guys down in front of the camera. They had to introduce themselves uh, that we're going to send off player profiles to different schools. And it's a minute clip. Um, the cool part about seeing that one was the big life lesson. We had some guys sitting in front of a camera and and uh, they started off with, hi, my name is, and by the time they got to the 15th word, they were just froze, right? First time in front of a camera, um, joked. Uh, a couple of them got up to, I think, if we had the, the clicker there and, and we could say take 60, take 61, uh, take 72. Uh, but they got it there, and that's a huge life lesson I think that guys need to have. So we've put a lot into our technology, created that. Our first two scrimmages are up on YouTube um you know just whatever we could do uh to get our guys out there and promote our guys we want our guys to be ready i think we got some some guys here that uh you know are going to do big things um and be ncaa guys and it was an opportunity for us to bring in compete against junior hockey players and send off those portfolios uh before we hop on to the team what did you think of uh a former ajhl guy winning the calder trophy well it's uh it's cool to see all that kind of different, you know, where guys come from um, throughout the whole, um, you know, through the the playoffs. And I think we go back to everything and, and everything on, online is the, the profiles that were done. Like you look at the Holtby profile that was done at the start of it. I think it was a couple minutes long or whatever. Um, those are the things that give me the chills when it goes back to, you know, what they've done and where they come from than anything and and also I think where our league is you know Kale McCarr is is a special hockey player and to say that he played in the Alberta Junior Hockey League for us has been a great recruiting tool and he didn't even play for us <laughs> so credit to Pappy for having him but credit to the league for being a part of it but um, it's unbelievable that that kid played in junior a hockey just junior a hockey in general and stepped into the NHL and has had such an impact yeah it's unbelievable yeah, it's a credit. It's a credit to the, like you say, junior hockey, uh, to the league, everything. Like it's impressive. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember listening to the, the the interview you did with with uh, Pappy there, and he talked about that nobody remembers how what Kale McCarr was when he first started in the league, right? And and where they started with him. And I think, again, uh, for him to perform and get to where he was, he was probably playing against players that pushed him, whether it was in their own dressing room or whether it was across the league. Um, and the 15 other teams, those guys all had a piece in, in helping that out and pushing them every night because I'm sure uh, he probably had a pretty big target on him no matter the rink he went into. Oh, guaranteed, guaranteed. But when he stepped on the ice for the Avalanche, I, I think it was like his first or second game and was doing what he did in junior, but at the NHL level, the same speed, and it felt like no fear. It's like... That's that's special, yeah. right? To jump into the the highest level and still stick out. 
That's impressive. And night after night. Yeah. Like night after night. It wasn't one. He had so much pressure on him, I think, because the question was out, right? It, can he do it? Can he do it? You know, the, the good part about hockey is now there's going to be an off season. Everybody's going to say, can he do it again? <laughs> <laughs> Have I, speaking of the season, has there been any inclination of what it could look like? I know there's been different things maybe kind of talked about, but you know, you're kind of, well, you are in the know. Um, not that, uh, that means, you know, we talk about the crystal ball and whether or not that actually means anything. If things change, it's going to change, but do you got a feel for what maybe fans can expect as far as league play goes, a timeline, any ideas, any darts thrown out there of kind of maybe hopefully this is where it's going to be? Well, I think the the league and, and speaking with them, there's some initiatives to get the, the preseason going here pretty soon. Um, you know, and I think that's the first step is, is just to get that going. And, um, you know, and I, I give credit to the head office uh, in, in our league. It, it can't be an easy place. The phone calls, you get – 15 GMs calling in and, and some of those are the coaches and then you got 15 probably governors calling in and, and what's going on. So, um, you know, Ryan, Charlotte and Fran have done a great job um, in that the whole time. But um, from a, a game standpoint, um, I do like our approach that the league took. We didn't announce. You look around, there's other teams that said, okay, December 1st, we're going to start. So um, this is what we're going to do December 1st. I like where our league's at. We have everything in place for when we're told to start, we can start. Um, and that's the big thing. And I think that was a part of getting the development season going. Um, you know, if they told us next week we can go, well, then we're going. If they tell us it's in two weeks, we're ready to go. Um, what that looks like once we, we get started, um, you know, I think following and, and I've been following every league so close. Like you look at Manitoba right now, uh, they completely redid their schedule from what it originally was. Um, so I think it's, it's just, you know, doing what you have to do within the, the framework that they give us. Um, and, and that's, uh, again, back to the, the league on what, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that we're, we're going to start playing some games and played out of the kids scouting arena. Well, we'll see what happens. I give credit to our office staff, the AJ. I give credit to, you know, our city staff. I think I met more. I like uh, putting you to the fire. Yeah, met more. <laughs> well, it's it's been uh, somebody. My phone rang today, and somebody said you must like your phone. I said, well, this is this is what it all does. It just rings over and over. I think it's rang four times in my pocket here since we've been sitting here. But, um, you know, talk to the league. Uh, we have a board for our, our team here. Talk to the board. Uh, you know, and then it's it's one of those where we talk to the city and, um, you know, the email exchange, uh, the Zoom calls, the, you know, the socially distanced meetings that give credit to the, the city. Because I know I, I remember listening to Mayor Albers talk um, early on in, in this whole deal when he said that the border city's always been unique, um, but it's definitely highlighted by what's going on around us right now. So, they're working tirelessly. Um, probably there's some days that they're like, nah, I just calling again. Nah, I just calling again. Nah, I just calling again. You know, um, no different with the league, I think. And there's there's a lot of phone calls happening. But, um, you know, there's been meetings and then there's no meetings and there's meetings. So um, the, the the mental capacity side of this whole thing is, is you really learn how to kind of relax the stressors. Um, and, and when you need to do things, it's one of those. It's like, hey, we got to do this. It's like, okay, let's make a plan. Here it is. Here's our timeline. Let's do it. If they told us tomorrow that, you know, Kid Scotty, they're booked up all day, well, then we got to figure out what else we're going to do. Uh, a few years back in my career, I probably wouldn't have been able to just 
been a relaxed, not a relaxed, but a, you know, composed decision on that. I think everything was, but now it's just like, okay, this is what we're, we're given. We've had some, you know, the one day the rink flooded during our hockey school, walked in, we had that big rain in the morning, walked in and half the ice was covered in rainwater. And uh, I said, all right, well, what do we got to do? And Wes and I got on squeegees and Don got on the Zamboni and we missed seven minutes of, of our ice time. We had it all. I was in flip-flops. My feet were a little chilly by the end. Uh, but she's like, well, what do we have to do to, to make it work, right? And you just show when people come together again, um, you know, and, and everybody just you chip in where you can chip in, and here we go. Well, the uh, first episode, we talked about you fixing the earmuffs for the kids. You were fixing the shitter on the bus, <laughs> yeah. right? You're, the, you're that guy. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that you pulled out the squeegee and, and figured out a way to get it done and, and carry on with life. Yeah. And that's, you know, you talk about running the ho- the hockey school and what I enjoy about it is you're right, you could have just been like throw your hands up and this will never work and no, nope, we're not doing it. We're not going to do the headaches, but if you find a way to you know, trudge on and find a way to get through the loopholes and this is how we can make it work. Anyway, you've already said it a couple times, right? Your hockey school is sold out. Your games out in kids, Scotty. I mean, it's only 100 people, but it only 10 could show up, but it's yeah. selling out. And so that's that's good. Like that, that's awesome. I hope I think I hope for you guys and I hope for City of Lloyd that uh hockey gets back, right? And that the AJ gets to run and you get to have some home games and you get to if it's in Kids Scotty or whether it's at the Civic, wherever it is, that people get to come in and enjoy it cuz I think we're missing that right now. People need to be out and um that human interaction like we get to do right here is such a huge part of life. Absolutely. And when you all seclude each other, man, that's, you know, the mental game of it. That's huge. Well, that brings me to your, you know, your, your team. You got, is it 14 returning guys this year? Yeah, we're, we're at 14 returning, um, you know, compared to a year ago when we sat in this and we were at, I think, two. That's right. Two or three. So um, we're at 14 um i love our group i love our group of core guys that we're, we're bringing back um you know it's it's one of those that um it's been fun because i think if you ask probably the players two months in last year that they were oh nigel's you know like we gotta do this then we gotta do that then we gotta do that do this do that and it's one of those i explained to our leadership group and and our guys returning that when when you go to change a culture to such a great significance from one year to the next you have to uh, because not only a, a year ago did we have a, a whole new team, we had a whole new staff. I never worked with the assistant coach before. I never worked with our athletic therapist before. I never worked with Weber before, um, other than a short time at the, at the end of the year. Um, you know, we had made changes in the front office too. So we had a whole new um, team start to, to finish on, on every part of it and, and to do that. We roll the calendar ahead a year. I got an assistant coach that, that just gets in the driver's seat um, and, and takes control of the hockey school starting there. Um, then we have, you know, our players come back to, to be the coaches there. Well, we announce our captain uh, in the first week in September. We didn't have a captain last year. We got into it today, actually. We got into a drill um, that uh, the new guys were probably like, what's this? Because I just said Bemidji two on two and no whiteboard no nothing we popped the cones out guys got to the front blew the whistle here we go and last year everything was like okay this is what we're going to do this is what we're going to do this is how we got to do it this is where you got to stand this is how you got to mop the floor this is where the mop goes 
Oh, you don't know where that is, right? And it's just like, and everybody was kind of like, oh man, he's a real hard ass. Like he's a hard ass. But to create that where we are now, it's like, you know, I, I talked to guys. Well, instead of you being the one guy creating it, you now have 14 return players that can help. You got assistant coach, you got a front office staff. Everybody knows which way to go. And to use your words, where the mop is and where to put it, right? Yeah. Like everything. And so for the new guys coming in, it's a very comfortable because this is how things are done. Yeah. And, and I think that's a big part of the culture side of it. Um, and, and credit to our players that, that uh, you know, are still here um, with us. And, and you look at the leadership group, um, I love those guys. And the thing is that they're pretty young. We, we still got guys with a couple years left. And, you know, Gunner is a 20-year-old for us and Shendel's a 20-year-old for us. But, um, you know, those guys there and, and the guys around now, it's an exciting group. It's an energetic group. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun going every day you're cracking jokes you know we're playing hide and seek and and doing all that stuff and and the players don't need a gps to get around town that's another that's another bonus to it what uh what have you been doing where you're telling me a little bit about it but i know um getting the players to gel and team bonding that kind of thing i suppose this year has been a little bit unique what have you guys been doing uh away from the rink to try and foster some of that well, you know, our, our guys are really busy in, in the structure that we do have. Um, as, as far as team builders, we, you know, last year we had a two-day retreat. That was awesome. We, we unfortunately couldn't do that this year. Um, so we were out at Bud Miller tonight. People are probably wondering why some guys are, are wearing uh, fluorescent. I told everybody yesterday they got to wear their bright brightest clothes uh, possible. So some guys took the clue, some guys didn't. So... We had guys running around Bud Miller with fluorescent yellow on going through the trees and, and doing all that. But it's outside, and, um, you know, our guys had a fun time with it. Um, but we have a, a real busy schedule. Um, I think that you can always uh, – a quick five-minute team builder. Um, we, we, you know, we just talk about guys and, and uh, what they've learned about each other. Um, having the performance center there, we've done stuff uh, there with groups and – and just being around like the other part too is if you look at it we got 24 players you put all the staff around, staff around and and we're at our 30 cap in saskatchewan um and that's one thing like i said to our guys the first time you look around right now this is 30 this is 30 people here so um you know we want to make sure we're following all those guidelines and you know different years we'd send them over to the swimming pool and say hey go swimming uh go bowling do those kind of things and we don't have those team builders so we're just getting creative after practice before practice we do shootout challenges. The first uh, week and a half, everything was broke into two teams. So uh, we were able to do it there and, and uh, just the small things. And um, I, I really like our, our group. Our, our group's gelling well. Um, I like where we're at so early. And, uh, and that's not even the hockey side. That's just the connection side with our players. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to continuing to see them build um, as a group and, and then especially on the ice too. Uh, I want to single out one of the players, uh, Gunner, your captain, Kinnenberg. Yep. Um, just uh, shout out to Gunner if he listens to this. Is um, what was it about Gunner that you wanted to throw a C on? Because you mentioned not having a, a captain the year prior. What was it uh, about him that sticks out? Not to make his head uh, blow up too high, but uh, you know, for fans listening, what what's he bring to the table that uh, you know, leadership, everything else. Well, I, I go back to uh, early when I took over here in my first trade deadline, January 10th, um, and, and we had uh, Kaiser that ended up, we moved to Sherwood Park. 
Um, that trade there, I went after Gunnar Kinnenberg, Nolan Coventry, and Chad McLean on the January 10th deal. Um, just from our, our recruiting and what we'd heard about those guys and what they'd done on the ice, we wanted to get them into our system. It didn't work out. We couldn't finalize a deal. just didn't happen to, to come to. Um, flash forward to the middle of July, and the next thing you know, we're making a three-for-three three trade with Fort McMurray. I got McLean, Coventry, and Kinnenberg, um, and they, we brought him in. Kinnenberg's experienced. Um, he, he's going, you know, four years in the league. Um, he's been around the league. He wants to be a coach. That's a huge part. He's went through the, the Hockey Alberta development programs on the coaching side for, for uh, players that are looking to further hockey. Um, you know, he checked a lot of boxes that way. He reminded me of player Ryan Wagner, played in Penticton with him. Could have went to any Ivy League school he wanted. Uh, chose to go back and just be a farmer. Took over the family farm. I, I love Wag, still love chatting with him. Um, and he was just one of those guys, he was never, and the same thing with Gunner, he wasn't the loudest in the room. He was never the loudest in the room. He, if he walked in this room right now, it'd be like having a, a coffee talk with, with you know, uh, some older fellas and, and just sitting there and everything's real, um, you know, doesn't butter it up, cares about everybody, um, absolutely cares about everything and very mature. Um, when he does speak, everybody's everybody's ears listen right and and that was a huge part and um i just think those are a lot of pieces that that make a really good captain because players aren't afraid to go up to him and engage in those conversations and he's not that you know standoff like very aggressive person um and, and then the support staff around him the, the support crew that that um you know he's close with everybody cares so much whether you're a 16 year old or the backup goalie, he cares just as much about you. He would do anything for you. And we're talking if he needs to drive down the road to change your tire to pick you up to, you know, your girlfriend breaks up with you and you need somebody to go for a coffee, he's there for you. And those things he just demonstrated through the year. And it was always very mature, um, you know, and, and just kind of that solid, solid human. And I thought that was what we needed, um, especially with the experience and moving forward and knowing the group. Um, we went through a lot of leadership last year and bringing guys in and it was kind of like that test or, or however you want to look at it. Okay. Does he fit? Is he a leader? All right. Is he looking for us to talk to him because he's a leader or now we're going to say that we're looking for leaders. So he changes who he was. Gunner never changed, never changed at all. No matter, um, you could tell him one thing, you could tell him the next and he's invested in the team. He's invested in his teammates. And I think one of the things that I highlight and we pride ourselves, he's invested in the community. Um, I know his Billet family loves him. He coached with the Billet, uh, his Billet brothers team last year. Um, they went to every game Sunday morning. He was there. There's probably days that he was tired and didn't want to, but he was there. And I think those are, are pieces that just make a really good human, make a really good leader. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. And uh, I hate to single out one player. I just know you threw the letter on him. And uh from season past to now, that's something that's new. And for fans that are awaiting and see that news, it, just significance on the on the player and why this year you got to see and, and, and the story behind it. You mentioned getting community involved. And, you know, last year when we talked, uh, I was very impressed, still impressed, uh, with the amount of community involvement the Bobcats have had under your leadership. It's no knock on anybody uh, previous. There could have been very much, just as much involvement 
uh, I just, just very pronounced with uh, you at the helm. Uh, you were mentioning it's interesting right now because uh, you can't go into the schools. Heck, parents can't go into the schools. Uh, but you're still trying to find different ways uh, of getting involved. And would you share a couple of the ways or some of the things you guys are trying to do? Well, we're, we're looking at every way possible. And, and I, I, I truly believe in the community side of things. I know some people have made the, the comment that, uh, you know, we're only in the community because we're losing. Uh, we could be 60 and 0 and we'd be in the community just as much as if we were 0 and 60. Um, but the big thing is, is just trying to find ways. I think it's so crucial for our guys. And, um, you know, even going through, we did some surveys with our billets and stuff. And, and uh, one of the concerns that they had was like, they won't have that community piece, right? That there won't be. And I, I agree with that. Like, it's going to be different. So what we've set up right now, and we're working with Clark over Progressive Fitness is, is uh we're going to do some Zoom fitness, um, actually tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, we're, we're gonna do a quick Zoom fitness, 12-minute uh, fitness beat. We're not sure what the name is, we're gonna get there, um, <laughs> but we're just gonna set it up and then the, the school's got a projector onto their big screen in the gym. We're gonna set up a computer at Progressive. Um, our guys are, are gonna go through some, probably a little bit of a circuit and just get into it. Um, we're looking at different things of doing some reading stuff over uh, a Zoom or whatever we want to call it, uh, some kind of form of technology. Um, you know, we've talked about having the mascot go visit the windows like we've seen at the, the care homes uh, earlier in this. Uh, we were out. We, we Shout out to all of our sponsors that helped out with uh, the fun run back in in may there that was huge success for the meal programs at the schools that damn thing almost killed me <laughs> yeah and then you have a rough start in that you oh, started it and you stopped it we we ran with the wife myself to to hop in here the wife and i ran with our daughter and our at the time i mean what was the fun run what was that may yeah me yeah so i mean what do we have on like a nine month old so we had our daughter and her nine month old in uh the bike stroller so you can push it it's like a running stroller Got to like the a bl about four blocks away from the house and hit the curb and broke the front wheel mm -hmm. on it. So then had to walk all the way back <laughs> with the two wheels. And we had our oldest, uh, the four-year-old, on his bike. By the time we got back, he's bawling. I've just like, we've already ran whatever, walked back. Kids are crying and we're looking at each other. Well, what do we do? And I'm like, well, we're finishing this, buddy. That yeah. started. Yeah. So then we load everybody up. And so I pushed the double, double stroller... So with uh, a nine-month, the three-year-old, uh, close to three-year-old, and then our four-year-old laying in the bottom of it. So I did the math. It was like 100 pounds of human body in there, and I pushed that sucker for the fun run. And by the time I got back, I could, like, hardly move anymore. And, I mean, COVID didn't help, right? It's not <laughs> like we've been moving that much yeah. anyway. So yeah. it was a ton of fun. Uh, yeah. We had fun doing it. No, and that, um, that was the big thing was just trying to, you know, take people's mind off it. And we didn't care if you went for a block or two. I remember when you told me that story, though, the difficulties, and I think it was right out of the gate. So that's that's pretty funny. But, uh, you know, we're, we're working towards that. We did the birthday visits uh, through the summer. You know, I threw on the mascot suit. Like, sure, let's go do it. The, the one thing I always appreciate is family. And I got three beautiful nieces and nephews, so shout out to them. Um, that the little things, and if there's anything in life that's taught me more, I don't have kids of my own, but the little things that you see when a kid just starts to glow yeah. when they see something. And um, so, you know, uh, Mallory, our office staff, she came in, drove around, and, and uh, 
you see those kids light up. You also see the kids that absolutely get scared, uh, completely scared and run the other way, which is kind of funny too. But um, the kids light up and we did, you know, stopped at birthday parties and we ended up making some signs up and doing different things. And, um, but I think it's really important for our guys to engage in the community part of it. And um, we're going to continue to work. And, you know, I always say if anybody's got a good idea, we'll always listen. I'll get, I'll, if you want credit for your idea, if you can get us uh, involved in the community in a safe manner, um, we're always open to those because it's, we brainstorm, we have our Monday meetings every, every Monday at the office and we go through and it's just like, what do we, what, how can we get better this week? Community wise, business wise, hockey wise, engagement wise, merchandise wise, everything we go through it and it just, uh, when you when you bring that and then you'll, you'll have our staff will be sitting at home watching a commercial uh, I love it my phone lights up it's like hey we could look at doing this and it's like sure why not let's look into and and that's where we've now I think we've established that as a staff and as an organization that you start to to see the success with people around with people around and um, to go away from the community piece, I got asked the other day, you know, we just brought on Carmen as a salesperson for us. And I got asked, well, how many people applied for it? I said, well, the one thing since I've been here, we've never opened up an application. We recruit our staff like we recruit our players. It's, it's never been opened up. We brought in a salesperson off of, off of a relationship that uh, is built in the community. We brought in a, a business manager that was a relationship built from different people knowing that person. Uh, and the same thing with assistant coach. So um, credit to our staff. Um, they've, they've done a fantastic job through all this too. Um, there's some days where, you know, we always do kind of, I, I show up on my, every day and I ask them where we're at. Where are we at today? People 14s, 10s. Um, and that's our personality. That's our energy. And the best part, some people be like, I'll be at a six day. I'm at a 10, I'm at a 12. You get an instant feel for where people are at, the energy they're going to bring, and if we need to bring each other up. Again, 2020, we learned to bring people up. There's days I need to be brought up. There's days maybe you need to be brought up, you know, and somebody might make a phone call or a call to you, and, and away we go. So that's way offside story from where we started with the community stuff. But um, Speaking of, uh, before we uh, head towards the, the Crude Master Final Five, um, you know, you mentioned sponsors. If a sponsor out there wants to get involved, uh, likes what they hear, anything like that, how, what's the best way for them to get in contact? And are you guys looking for anything in particular or whatever you want to run with there, Nigel? Yeah, just to call the office. I think that's a starting point. Um, just to give give us a shout or stop by the office if, if you're out and about. It's a very big office, very open office. So, um, you know, we follow all the guidelines there too as well and protocols. Um, we're open to anything. And, and the big thing with us is, is we want to work with our, our, our sponsors, our partners. Um, we know that everybody is, is in this together. And um, if there's a way for us to help, you know, promote or give back or do whatever we can for the people that want to get involved. And maybe it's it's not getting involved this year, but you just want us to have your name or, or help you out some way. Um, just give our, our office a call, um, 780-871-0900. Um, and uh, we'd be more than happy to have a conversation. Carmen's, you know, 
uh, reaching out to a lot of businesses in town and, and that's a good part is building those relationships seeing how people are doing um, especially with the partners we've had we've had some sponsors here that go back way before my time all the way to you know we talked about earlier the blazers day and again um, this city is is supports junior hockey we've seen it multiple times through the stages that it's went and uh, keeping junior hockey here so um, yeah just reach out to the office would be awesome for fans uh, if they're looking to get tickets for or find out of all the latest updates, anything like that, I assume follow their, your social media would probably be the number one thing. Social media is, is uh, we have the social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and then we also, that's uh, a little bit of a hidden gem is our uh, Bobcat app. We also have a Bobcat app. You have a app. Bobcat app? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're working on getting uh, more content um, that actually uh, – um, it's one that's been around again, another one that's kind of been around for, for years. It just hasn't been really effective. Um, so we're looking to get uh, our app game. Um, to the next level. To the next level. If fans want to buy tickets or find out if tickets are available, I assume you're not, uh, I assume it's not like come to the door and first hunter to get in. I assume they're pre-sold. They're, they're all pre-sold. So our, like our, our scrimmage game on Friday is pre-sold. Um, is it sold out yet? It's not sold out yet. Um, admin at lloydminsterbobcats.com, A-D-M-I-N, um, can reserve your ticket. We do then send out a whole form. Um, so we have the whole tracing. Everybody has to fill out a form. So just to clear this up, so if, I, if I'm listening to this Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, whatever day before Friday, and want to get a ticket, I send an email to... Uh, you send an email to admin, A-D-M-I-N, at lloydminsterbobcats.com. And they'll email back saying, yeah, there's tickets available? Yep, correct. Okay, okay. Yeah, or else, uh, again, call into the office. But the email works perfect. We get your email, we get your contact. And then uh, Thursday night, so tomorrow night uh, after this, um, then we I actually send out a, a form. You have to go through a Google form. It's a questionnaire. Um, about COVID. COVID, COVID question. What's what's a ticket worth uh, to the inner squad games? Ten bucks for general admission, um, and then uh, any season ticket holder uh, billet. That's just honored um, from from years past. Okay, okay. Um, final one before we move into uh, the Crew Master Final Five is is the Progressive Fifty Fifty still going on? It's closed. It's closed off. Yeah, but we're excited. Uh, so that's at over thirty-seven hundred bucks. So somebody's taking home half that. Um, and it's, then it's closed off. It's closed off. Yeah, it closed off. So we were actually we draw that tomorrow or the next day this week. Well, crap! I must have read that wrong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The draw. It's got a close off date, so it's an online. I think it closed on the twenty-seventh, twenty-eighth, and then we draw on the first. Oh, so it literally so just closed. Just closed. Okay, Just so close. maybe, okay, fair. But on that, we're, we're, we're going to have tickets on sale here starting next week. Um, actually, I think that we'll have them Friday to go on sale. Uh, we're doing November a cash calendar. So 25 bucks a ticket, um, 30 days in, in uh, November, um, opportunity to win cash every day. So some days are 40 bucks, some days are 80 bucks, Thursdays if are If I buy one ticket, does it get me into every single day? You could win all 30 days. Oh, hell. Sign me yeah. up. I got twenty five bucks in the in the truck. You're yeah. getting it before you leave here. We'll, we'll do that. So <laughs> Thursdays is Thursdays. The big one is four hundred bucks. Um, you can win on every Thursday. I think they have it set up. Um, but it's just like cash back twenty five bucks to get in and multiple winners and same way to sign up for that email admin. 
and email admin and then our, our players uh, our board members will all have tickets available for that making making phone calls so um if if somebody wants to help sell them and wants a book a book has five in it if they want to help sell five tickets uh give us a show at the office we we definitely take the help there okay cool well let let's slide in then to the crude master final five i know you've been uh eagerly waiting to see what concoction i can whip up for you so the first one is uh you've sat down on this show twice and i know you've done i believe uh, you're either doing or have done kurt price before in lloyd so let's go a little bigger if you could sit down on one show what would you want to sit down on you know the show i'd actually like to go on i, I like to be a guest on on like a panel like a PSN or sports center where they get in and, and break down the periods and stuff. You look at Bexa and those guys that have, have, uh, you know, got in there and, I, and that might not be a show. Um, but I just like when, when you can pick Oh hockey. no, that's hockey night in Canada. That's a, a ho- show. Hockey, like hockey brains where one guy sees, I like it like through the playoffs. Those probably interest me a little bit more than I thought they would. When you got one guy breaking down a play, uh, you look back at the Ben, uh, the slew foot, uh, which was, could be argued either way and then you know they get into it a little bit and then you get to chime in on that so i just like to sit sit in on one of those and get my two cents whether you take it or not you know it's it's just there you know kevin bx has got to be uh the hit breakout of COVID. Yeah. i mean in the hockey world there's probably more of them but like he slides in has never sat on a panel to my knowledge and just knocks it out of the park and every Every one, he got a little better and a little better and a little better. And now he might, they might as well just sign him up for the next 25 years like he's that good. Well, and I think the cool part, because he was what seemed, and they, they made a few comments about it, it was so raw, that it, it really relaxed the show. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, you talk about this, you talk about this, you talk about this. The other night, he, they said something off turn, and then they joked about it, right? Yeah. I don't. When's the last time that's happened on something like that, right? Well, the only guy they've had in the last little bit that everybody loves that kind of speaks off the cusp is Brian Burke, but it's almost his persona now. So he's yeah. almost no different than Don Cherry. You knew he was going to argue things because that's what uh, was the price of admission, so to speak, right? Like that's what he was there for. He wasn't there to be the mellow guy. He was there to – and the nice thing about BX is you're absolutely right, is he just kind of like, like – you can see him look around <laughs> and then he's just kind of like – I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, right? <laughs> he's still not there. You still can't. Well, and the same thing with Brian, right? Brian starts sweating when he gets a little bit, a little bit mad there, and you can see the glow going to him. So, um, <laughs> those are cool. I, I like that part of it. Um, if you could sit down for a beer, or we're drinking a coffee tonight, if you could sit down with one person, who would you take? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um. Barry Trot. Hmm. What would you ask him about? Life, life, it, it, his experiences, and um, you know, you just go through it, and and he's so well spoken all the time, and I think he has a connection with players that's with the game, but I think it's way deeper before it becomes the game. And, um, you know, you look at his family life and all that that's, that's been touched on a little bit more, um, that he's, he's got energy and he's got excitement in areas and he's just really, really well-spoken. And, and the other part, too, is you listen to podcasts like this and you go through it and you, you watch these, you know, a lot of coaches' seminars have been online and it seems like every coach wants to talk to him. 
Like, it's just one of those, like, it just seems like more coaches want to talk to him. So then that intrigues me, like, well, what does he have that we need, right? Like, when it's a common theme. So um, that's that's definitely something that just kind of sparked my interest through 2022. Yeah, Barry Trotz. He, when I sat down with, uh, I think it was Tutu. I'm almost, not yet, like, I'm 99% sure it was Tutu. He talked about him, and he talks about him in his book, too, that he just had a way of understanding his players. Yep. What the heck? They were fun. The New York Islanders were fun to watch in the playoffs. I wish that, you know, they ran up against probably what? Tampa Bay has been the best team in the NHL for three, four years. Like, I know they haven't won cups, but yeah. regular season-wise and even in the playoffs, I know they didn't get by, you know, Pittsburgh the one year, Columbus the other year. But top to bottom, they are a good team. Well, they, they worked, right? Like, yeah. should they have been there? Should they have not? He goes in there. They haven't had real success in the past. Islanders have been, you know, not that great. And they get Lou Lamorello, and then he hires Barry Trotz, and you just go, yeah, that team's going to be good. Yeah. Well, and you look at even his exchanges with, like, a guy like Ovechkin, um, that, that those are real, right? Like, you know, they shake hands after. They're in two different teams. They shake hands, and, and there's there's something more than just I was your coach for a bunch of years, right? And um, those kind of pieces to me, uh, maybe, again, it's just I look at those life things more than sometimes just the hockey itself. Fun one. If you could own a, a world record in the Guinness Book of World <laughs> Records, what would you want? <laughs> and the reason I bring it up is I, I literally just interviewed an ultra – marathon runner yeah i saw that I, he he it's crazy his mental health story is unbelievable that, that was what uh, i've been hearing about it all day actually it is mm-hmm. just how shocking it is but uh or i don't even know if shocking is right it's just real i guess how it is but like that's a guy who ran the uh um the moab 240 so 240 miles straight it took him like i forget what it was like 90 some hours of straight running with you know a half an hour here of sleep and a half an hour like my brain hurts just even talking about it because I'm like, ah, that's that is some extreme. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is. But I asked him that, and I thought, ah, give it to Nigel too. What, yeah. If you could have a, a could world have a world record. If I could have one, oh, that's a tough. That's a tough question. I don't know. I feel like nah, it's not very exciting though. Like something on the road. Um, obviously, <laughs> I do love my dirt track racing. Um, so something like that, but, uh, world, world record, I don't know, consecutive wins in, in dirt track racing, winning a little bit of my, my family past and in, in the racing, I guess, is to go put on a clinic and set a record that way. Cause everybody loves winning. Um, yeah. and it connects to what I have, but, and I might have to text you in a week or two. If I come up with a better one, I might have to do an edit here. Well, you know, uh, for people who don't know what you're talking about, maybe this is the first time they've heard of you. Go back to episode 31, and you'll hear a lot about Nigel and and uh, your journey to Lloyd Minster. And a big part of your guys' family is is the the racing, the dirt track racing, which is is fascinating. In the last year, you know, uh, COVID aside, did you get to go back and and do any racing? You know what? In in this summer, we had one family get together. Our whole family went to my parents in Regina once things were, you yeah. kind of could go places and stuff like that a little bit. And uh, my old man, he, he's he's getting older, and I I think it's fun to watch that. And I talked about that before is the passion that grows with that. Um, he got a, a, a payment car um, this uh, this summer. So 
we went out, my uh, two brothers and I went out and watched him uh, at uh, Kings Park in Regina. He, he And he had some motor trouble, and it was like olden days. Like, we had the water pump off, we put it back on. He went out for a heat race, came back, we had the water pump off. And my dad sat back, and it was one of those father-son moments that he's like, man, I miss this, right? Like, this is what we did every... And he would if he would have been by himself with his pit crew uh, buddy there, um, they would have never. They would have just put in the trailer, had a beer, went home for the night. But my brother and I just got like right into it, like hands on. <laughs> we're wearing Burks and and you know, uh, we got antifreeze going down and just stuff like that. So we got back once. It was a lot of fun. It's just a flashback, and again, just appreciate those memories more as you get older. Well, speaking about vehicles, let's say pie in the sky. You're Barry Trotz. You just signed a million dollar deal. And you're heading down to wherever to buy your next vehicle. What is it? Uh, there's two things I would go through. I, I always have this, and I, I go back to when I was probably 13. I want an F-250 truck. Load it. So um, we'll see what Boundary can do for me over there. Just load it. I want it white. I want it nice and clean with chrome. Um, and, uh, you know, like some kind of SUV. Uh, I probably wouldn't be a Bronco guy. Here I thought you were going to be like, I want some muscle car or not that. No. You want an F-250. F-250 And a truck. white one of all colors? Keep it simple. I could drive that. Like if you see me if you see me driving that around, life's good. Life's good. That's all I need. Like that is all. That and a combine. Somebody wants to take me combining or needs a person. <laughs> we got a day off. I will go run somebody's combine. No Shout out to all asked. the farmers looking for you want You want to ingrain yourself in the local community. Go hop on a combine for the day. You know what? It's a little bit. I actually thought about that. Like, hey, COVID happens. What happens if, you know, like if we don't have development season. We don't have anything through summer. I was definitely, I was going to put out some feelers to go run somebody. I, I couldn't jump into the combine because that's like being on the first line of the power play, right? Give me the grain cart or something or I'll go get meals or something. But I love <laughs> I love that small town stuff. So, yeah, give me an F-250 and a combine. You know, somewhere there's go. a farmer scrambling right now going, get the number to this guy. He's coming <laughs> yeah. out and he's working the midnight shift. Yeah, we've got a couple Sundays off if they need a guy. <laughs> Your final one is if you were traded, so let's say the hypothetical, you go back to your playing days, if you're traded to whoever, and you could bring one guy with you, who would you want coming? You know what? I, I would uh, take Brett, Brett Hextall with me. Brett, uh, I played with Brett in Penticton, um, or I'd go back to Wags if I could take two. Uh, Brett Hextall was my roommate in Penticton. He went on to have a great career, obviously went through, and, and uh, um, he's got a fantastic family now. But we could, we were roommates, and we could always battle so hard every day against each other, um, like just full out. You wouldn't think that we liked each other, you know, slashing each other, going up the ice, doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, hard on the sleeve kind of guy. I actually ended up got traded to Camrose, uh, played him. Uh, what was the third game out in in uh, in Penticton in the Doyle Cup, and I speared him as hard as I could. And he looked over and he's like, "You serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, I am." And then. You know, we win, we win the round, and, and we can joke about it now. But he was one of those guys that, um, you know, he, he just uh, – the passion that he had in him. Um, I actually look up a couple of his fights back in the day. Like, it just showed that. Uh, but at the end of the day, he would do anything for you. Um, great guy, great family member. And, um, you know, it's one of those that uh, he's a guy to just take with you because he knows instant – like, you talk about captains and stuff like that, instant connection of – he has your back, you have his back. Whatever, wherever we go, you go into a team that nobody likes you when you get there, you still have the one guy. 
and you know you have them. Are you going to win? You know, you, you think that you breed the success through where you go, but that would be my pick. Cool. Well, thanks again for uh, hopping in here. It's, you know, probably shouldn't wait a year to do this again. <laughs> it's funny how the world works and how time just seems to fly by and COVID has messed a lot of the different things up. We talked about doing this, I think it was back in April, yeah. to be honest, and then COVID hit. So uh, thanks for hopping in and, and doing this and best of luck here in the foreseeable future. And I hope I get my name picked in your November draws and and uh, that'd be awfully nice. Yeah, no, awesome. And, <laughs> and thanks for having me and, and thanks for what you do, Sean. It's, it's awesome to be able to listen to it. And, and my neighbors, I think they get to listen to it, even uh, though they, they might not have it. My speaker's loud enough for them to hear. So uh, we appreciate it. Cool content all the time. And, and just uh, thanks, thanks for what you do. Hey, folks, thanks again for joining us today. If you just stumble on the show and like what you hear, please click subscribe. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday, a new guest will be sitting down to share their story. The Sean Newman Podcast is available for free on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you find your podcast fix. Until next time.